worthy, God. Just lift your hands one more time. You're so faithful. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for who you are in every need, every obstacle. Lord, let us catch a glimpse of who you are. So instead of going from battle to battle and struggle to struggle, we make a step in the right direction and we go from strength to strength and glory to glory according to who you called us to be, Father. We just give you praise in this place. We give you praise in this place, Father. Speak to us today, Lord. Challenge us with your word. Father, I pray that any preconceived idea or notion of what church is supposed to be like, Lord, that it goes out the window and we focus on what you want to do in our lives. God, let every religious spirit be put in check. Lord, let a love for you and your presence saturate this place. Every distraction, Lord, we take hold of and we submit it under the Lordship of Jesus. We take every thought captive and submit it to you. Lord, speak to us clearly because it matters. It matters. We give you glory. We give you praise in this place for who you are, for what you're going to do. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Let everyone who believes say amen. Let's give God a big shout of praise in the place. He is so worthy. Uh, you can grab a seat this morning if you can. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much, worship team, again, for leading us into the presence of God. I'm excited about what God is going to do in the house today. If you're a guest here at Eastgate Church, I just want to give you a big welcome. My name is Josh, lead pastor here, which means I'm the lead servant here at the church. I believe it's important to follow the example of Jesus. He said, if any of you wants to be great or wants to lead, you should start out by being a servant. He was a servant, and I figure he's a pretty good example to follow, so that's how we operate here. Um, but a big welcome to you if you're a guest this morning. We always say you're no longer a guest. You're a family here. You're family, so welcome, and thank you for being here. And we got a saying here at this church is that Eastgate, no one walks alone, and we want you to know that you've got a family of believers here that's committed to your spiritual success and you becoming everything that God envisioned you would be when he formed you in your mother's womb. You know if you're here today, God's got a plan for your life. Amen. All right, well, let's dive into this word today. I was excited when I was in the back praying a little bit in between uh, prayer time and, and run-throughs and all of this stuff that was going on. I turned on the radio and I heard messages from our church being played out over Radio Condry all across the state of Georgia this morning. So praise God for the favor that he's given us and the reach that he's given us to see lives impacted for the kingdom of God. If you got your tablets or your devices, um, open them up to the book of Jonah. We're going to start chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, all the notes for today's message is available on Version on the Bible app, so please check that out um, and follow along with us. You guys watching online, big welcome to you. Can we say hey to our online audience today? Thank you all so much for tuning in and joining us. If you would, please remember to hit that like and share button so we can reach as many people as possible with the message that comes out today. So excited about this. My goodness gracious, y'all look good this morning. 
You look good this morning. Last week of this series that we're in on the book of Jonah, and we could have just camped out on this for three months or better, just mining out all the nuggets. Um, but when the Lord speaks, He speaks very specifically, and it's important for us to be obedient to that, and I believe we've done that in what we've addressed in the series so far. Hasn't this been a blessing and a challenge all at the same time to grow and let God have His way in our lives? Excited about that. Um, I believe that our walk with God is a beautiful thing, and I believe that God wants to take us from strength to strength, or from glory to glory. I don't think it was His intention for us to struggle with the issues of life. He gave us a lot in the Word of God to help us have a great plan to navigate through that. I think God's a God that wants to bless His people. I think He's a God that wants to give us the desires in our heart as He lays those desires on our heart. But I wonder sometimes, um, and, and maybe you've wondered this too, but what do, you, what do you do when you don't get what you want in life? What do you do when you don't get what you want, when things don't work out exactly how you had them figured out? to work out. I don't know about you, but, but plans and reality are often two different things, and especially in the kingdom of God, we get our idea of how things are to flow, and God has a completely different game plan most of the time. And Jonah is about to walk into this. Jonah is a guy, uh, if you're not familiar with the story, who God called to go preach a message to the town of Nineveh, and Jonah went about as far away from that as he possibly could. He hopped in the boat and said, go that way and don't stop till we get about as far away from God as we can, but God wouldn't let him go, sent a storm. Jonah gets thrown over the boat into the sea, gets swallowed up by a huge fish, repents, has a change of heart while he's inside this fish, and then bleh, he gets spit back up on the shore and continues to go do what God called him to do in the first place. I appreciate what uh, Jamie Wireman said a few weeks ago when he said, you know, sometimes we work harder to avoid the call of God on our lives than it would have been just to simply obey him in the first place. And Jonah was a great example of that. He was doing everything he could to get away from it. But finally, he submitted to the Lord. Jonah 3, verse 10, when he did that, something amazing happened. It says, when God saw what they did, they being the people of Nineveh, they began to repent and turn their hearts to the Lord. When, when he saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Can you look back on any time in your life and say that you're glad that God didn't allow all the destruction that should have hit your life to hit your life? Aren't you glad that we serve a God that gives us the opportunity to have a change of heart? And when he sees that change of heart, he's not a God with a bunch of lightning bolts ready to blast us. He's ready to dust us off, get us back on track, doing what he called us to do. You know, we serve a God of second chances like we talked about last week. We serve an amazing God. So Jonah submitted to the Lord. Jonah did what he was asked to do. Jonah preaches this message all through the town of Nineveh where he could have been killed at any moment. The people respond in a great way, but Jonah has got a big problem with it. In Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, you are about to witness one of the biggest baby fits you are going to see in Scripture. 
Now, they just had one of the biggest revivals recorded in history. Scripture says over 120,000 people turned their hearts back to the Lord. Like, Jonah should have been high-fiving the worship team. Jonah should have been giving shouts to the Lord, saying, look what he did today. Yeah. This, this town of people that are known for their brutality just repented and turned back to God, and he did an amazing work in them. But Jonah didn't exactly see it that way so but to Jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry a couple of things happen in here this is Jonah's perception of the situation that's getting him all worked up emotionally in this moment you understand so and I, and I can I can understand where he's coming from because I mean he submitted to the Lord he did what God told him to do Jonah was expecting and Jonah was rooting for God to take that lightning bolt and just pop, 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 just start slapping the people of Nineveh around because of their rebellion. But their hearts changed. And now Jonah's in a place where he's like, I'm serving you. I did what you said, but you're not doing what I really wanted you to do in the situation. You ever had a situation in your life where you were doing what God asked you to do? You were crossing the T's and dotting the I's and your heart was for him and you praying for a situation or praying for an outcome and it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would work out. Yeah. See, this is where Jonah is right now. So he, he prayed to the Lord. Uh, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Praise God for that. Oh, my goodness. Um, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life. Look at this. Here we go. Take away my life. Just go ahead and end it. For it's better for me to die than to live. He has all worked over this. But here comes God asking a question. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Now, when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer to it. He's trying to get you to think. And I love this because after showing grace to the people of Nineveh and after already showing grace to Jonah through this whole trek that he's been through getting to this point, God is still showing a little bit of grace to Jonah in a very immature moment. Have you ever had immature moments in your walk with God? I mean, just being real here. I mean, hands up. You've had immature moments in your walk with God. See, but while a lot of us are telling the truth, a lot of us are lying in church this morning, and that's okay. That is okay. I mean, in, in some sense, I think that we're all a little bit like Jonah, and we can relate to this, you know, when situations don't work out. I know I have in the past. You have something in mind, and it doesn't play out, and you have to step into this season where you're trusting God for something that doesn't quite make sense. And it's not comfortable, and it'd be better. Wouldn't it be better if God would just do what we ask him to do the way we ask him to do it? That way he just, just make, you know, making sure our plans will, will, will work out the way that we've laid them out. And he doesn't operate like that at all. <laughs> we, we probably all ask questions like this. I mean, how many, have you ever asked uh, God, how could you let this happen? Oh, especially in seasons where you know you're being obedient to him. You know, you dialed that prayer life up, and you, you're coming out of 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year, and you're filling God, and you're close to him, and then here it comes. 
well, how could you let this happen? I thought I was in your will. But nowhere in Scripture does God say that being in His will protects us from the trouble that Jesus said we would face in this world. So we would go through the trouble, even if we didn't want to. Then He said, take joy because I've overcome the world. That doesn't mean that we're not going to walk through it, though. How many of you have ever said this before? It's not supposed to happen this way. Oh, man. It's not supposed to happen this way. I, I, was, I, was, I was praying and believing for something different, and here comes the curveball of life. Or how about this? I wanted something different. I wanted something different. Yeah, me too. I wanted something different. And this is what I found that you, you hit this point where what happens next reveals a level of your spiritual maturity. And a lot of times we like to revert back to what worked for us before Christ. And uh, that doesn't always work out great in the post-Christ life that you've been called to live. So going back to what's familiar doesn't solve the problem. What I'm saying is that sometimes it's just easier to get emotional than to trust. Sometimes it's easier to get emotional than to trust. I don't know if you've ever thrown a good old-fashioned hissy fit. Like when the door was closed and nobody was around and you thought nobody could hear what was going on. You just opened up that mouth and just said, God, what is the deal here? It's easier to get emotional sometimes than it is to trust. Because when we're emotional and we start to vent in, in a twisted kind of way, it makes us think that we're still in control of the situation. Because isn't that what the issue is? Isn't that why we have the problem is that we wanted to be in control of the reality that we have in our lives and it's hard to just submit all of that to the Lord. Eric, if you could come on up here and help me for just a second. Now, I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I care about you. And I don't know if this is going to work exactly how I think this is going to play out. This could get a little tricky here. Where's my assistant? Come on, man. We got stuff to do today. I'm taking my time. Can you can you hold this out for me? Oh, I'm not wearing it. Uh, not you. Put it put it down there so I can step into it. There we go. All right. So I'm gonna. Can you help guide me there? I'm, I'm gonna give you a good visual representation as long as we don't have any wardrobe malfunctions here, of what oh, hopefully we, we begin to look like spiritually. Oh, there we go. Yep, yep, yep. When we start. Responding emotionally. There we go. So this is. Didn't y'all? Aren't you glad you showed up for church for this today? Oh, it gets better. Can you bring me my bonnet and my bib? We're gonna make this look complete this morning. So um, I'm gonna need you. Yeah, put the the bib on the bonnet. So tie it. If you can tie. Listen now. Don't do no crazy knots that I can't untie. So I have to wear this all day. So. Uh, do it like you're tying a shoe so we can take this off. Get this look complete here. I mean, really, when we respond in an over-emotional way instead of trusting the Lord, we're responding as immature people spiritually. So, no, sir. No, sir. We got that. So, yeah, let me we'll do this this way. All right. So... I don't know if this is all so around the neck so yeah under the chin you you can tell he doesn't have kids 
All right, there we I go. Ain't wear no bonnet. A bonnet. There we go. A nice little bow there, making me look good. Does that work? All right. Why y'all got your phones up for? What's this all about? So, so we start to look like this. I'll do anything for the Lord. And when he put this illustration on my heart, like you in some moments of life, you hit pause and you go, really? Um, are you sure that's what you want me to do, Lord Jesus? But isn't this how we look, though, spiritually sometimes when we don't get what we want from the Lord, when life doesn't work out the way we want it to, when we get over, we get passed over for the promotion we thought we should have gotten? Lord Jesus, you know I've been faithful. I and just going to town, you know? Listen, when they break up with you and you gave them too much of your heart, now you're trying to figure out what to do because you overcommitted in the relationship. God, I trusted you to work it out. Yeah. I'm just saying, this is what we look like. Yeah. This is what we look like. I had an idea for ministry, but that pastor told me, no, it wasn't the right time. Doesn't he understand that I heard from the Lord? I can't. this. I did this because I love you, not because I wanted to traumatize you this morning. <laughs> you guys watching online, listen, if you're a guest, we don't do this every Sunday. I'm just going to tell you straight up, all right? This is, we do a lot of illustrations. Well, we heard that uh, God was doing a lot of cool stuff at that church, and we went to check it out, and we went there. The pastor's dressed up like a baby, diaper and all, on stage. We don't know what that's all about. So listen, y'all be kind. But by the way, while, while we're on this, y'all know last week when I, I was having fun with you and I told you I needed to be careful with illustrations and examples that I used because some of you guys were going to start sending me photos of Tom Selleck. I got over 20 messages last week full of photos. I got over 10,000 photos of Tom Selleck sent to me. Some of y'all sent me a big link to Getty Images with 4,500 photos on it. Now, I looked at it. I'm not going to lie because I thought, well, if they're sending me the photos. But listen, guys, listen. I say all that to say this. Be nice <laughs> with what you're doing with these photos, all right? Be nice. But this is how we look sometimes when we respond emotionally instead of responding spiritually. Yeah. And there's a difference between the two. It's easier to be emotional than it is to trust God. It's easy to freak out when the money's not in the bank. And so you tell everybody about the money that you don't have and you're just wigging out over it and wigging out over it and responding emotionally and letting it just rob life out of you because of the anxiety that you're creating for yourself by responding emotionally instead of trusting God to do what he said he could do. How in the world can we trust God with our salvation and not trust him with the issues of life, especially when he does things that we don't fully understand? Yes. You know what I mean? So let's trust him. Now, I'll give you all a story too. He's dressed like a baby and at some point he took his bottle and he threw it into the crowd. So I'm going to throw it over here. Oh, good catch, man. That was pretty good. Now, 
I'm going to desperately try to get this off quick. One, because it's hot. Two, because y'all will never take anything I say seriously. <laughs> like, probably all that that I just shared, all y'all heard was. Um, just like Charlie Brown, can you untie me there? I messaged Eric last night and I said, hey man, got this illustration I'm going to need help with. I need you to help me put on a diaper and a bib and all this stuff. And at some point he wrote me and said, Pastor, don't you understand that cross-dressing is a sin? And he said, uh, I expect you to be in the altar at the end of service with everyone else repenting. And so... Right. That's a pro, pro tip right there. Thank you, sir, for helping me out. Hey, can we give Eric some appreciation for helping out an incredibly awkward situation? Man. But look at how Jonah responds here. He goes to the edge of town and throws this big hissy fit. And uh, he just sits out there, and he's still doing this talk. Well, God, I just want you to kill me. I just want you to kill me. I'm just, if you're not going to, this ain't going to work out like I wanted to. Just go ahead and take me out. So God causes this vine to grow to give him some shade. And then he sends a worm to eat through the vine and kill it. So the shade goes away. Jonah complains about all of that stuff. And they're still having this conversation in Jonah 4, 9. says, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Yep. Here is God still asking him questions. And here's Jonah's response. It is, he said. I'm so angry, I wish I was dead. That's like the ultimate temper tantrum right there. I'm just going to hold my breath until I get my way. <gasps> And parents, y'all know the game on this. When your kids pull it, go ahead and hold that breath, baby. That's fine. Just go ahead. I'll wake you up in a little bit. Man, I'm just telling you, strong-willed child meet the stronger-willed parent all day long. You know, kids will try to run the house. And this is what Jonah's doing. He's trying to run the house, and God's just being nice to him and saying, no, it's not going to happen. Question, though, in real life, are we spirit-led or emotionally driven? And our response is Romans 15, uh, verse 3, reads like this. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope. Oh, hip break for a second. Uh, who's the source of hope? God. God is the source of hope. So, number one, God's the source of hope. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you have great emotional fits when things don't go the way that you want them to. When you stress out and call everybody you know so that they can help you throw the pity party because you didn't get what you wanted out of a situation. That's not what it says. It says that God, the source, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. Somebody say completely. completely. Now, does completely mean three-quarters of the way? No. Does it mean two-thirds of the way? No, when he says completely, that is completely being filled to capacity with all the joy and peace that you can have. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? He said, but it comes from us trusting him. Yeah. Then you will overflow with not just hope, but confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know about you, but I need all the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in my life. Did you know that joy and peace are a fruit of the Holy Spirit? If you find that absent in your life, there's a reason why. And it's not because God forgot to give it to you. Probably it's because you're not close enough to Him for that fruit to manifest in your life. Move close. It's hard to trust somebody that you don't know. Relationship is everything. So here's something that I've observed, and I'll walk you through a couple of things here. One, um, that God loves us enough to give us what we need, not everything we want. He loves us enough to give us everything that we need, not everything that we want. There's a big difference there. You know, sometimes we need to be reminded that God is not a genie in a bottle that will grant us the wishes that we ask Him. Now, He'll answer prayer, don't, don't get me wrong, but everything that we want is not something that we need. And there's a difference because sometimes we will have a legitimate need and pursue it in a wrong way going after what we want. And the want that we go after when we get it, we find out that it doesn't fulfill the need in our lives. That was real confusing. Some of y'all are trying to figure that out, aren't you? It's true. We go after wants instead of the needs. My kids are a great example. They have a need. They like to be fed food. Yes. They have a need for food. They have hunger that lets them know that it's time to eat. Parents, y'all got kids that like to eat? Yeah. Is it hard for you to restock the pantry? Is it like every time we go grocery shopping and fill it up, three days later they have eaten every snack that we just bought? It's like, good Lord, I have two girls and you would think that I have a football team in my house. They just eat like crazy and they're skinny little beanpole things and I just, I don't know where they put it, but they're just, ah. If I let them meet the need of being fed in their life the way that they wanted to, they wouldn't live very long. You know, they would have a diet of mac and cheese. They would have a diet of uh, pancakes, uh, cake, and anything with sugar in it. They would probably die off there, you know. So they want to fill that need in an illegitimate way that's not going to benefit them. So as a parent, I've got to step in and say, look, Cereal is okay every once in a while, but you need to eat a healthy breakfast or you're just going to run out of juice three hours into your school day, you know. Yeah. They need to understand that all vegetables are not bad, that broccoli is not of the devil, you know. They need to understand stuff like this. Uh, and sometimes that means drawing a battle line at the table and saying, no, you're going to eat the food that we gave you instead of complaining about not getting what you want. You know, can I get an amen from the parents on that one? I'm just telling you, you know. Listen, I'm the parent. I'm providing it. If I let you, it, you would jack yourself up, you know. So I'm trying to keep you alive. That's the motivation because I know what they need. Yeah. They think they know uh -huh. what they want. Two different things, and in life it's the same thing. It's not that every need that we have is a bad thing. God created us with certain needs, you know. There's a, a need for um, approval and acceptance in us that's wired into us, but we will go after it the wrong way, and we'll pursue people to try to get that from them because we want to be accepted, because we want the approval of others, because that need is inside of us, but we're trying to get it from people that, if truth be told, they don't even like themselves you know what I mean boom dramatic rain just then I'm telling you 
Is that angels applauding at that point? Is that what that was? I don't know. So they don't even like themselves, and we're asking them to like us. You know, it's just like a contaminated process. Instead of going to God who can legitimately meet the need because he's all-powerful, all-sufficient. He has everything that we need in him. The need is legitimate, but the wanting process from our part to fulfill it a lot of times is messed up. It's messed up. So we all have a need. We all have a need. We're wired into, and I'll just say this, I'm looking around. We don't have too many crazy young ears in here, but we all have sexual needs as adults, okay? Um, we get that. Listen, God wired that into us. There's nothing wrong with that desire, but how we meet that need is very important because if you're not careful, if you don't let God manage that situation and he's not the source that gives you that validation and completes you as a person, you'll try to illegitimately fill that, that problem in your life, and, and after a while, loneliness will turn into lust. You know what I'm saying? And you'll find yourself addicted to porn. You'll find yourself having conversations with people you're not married to that last a little bit longer than they should. You'll find yourself on the message board. You'll find yourself out on secret dates with, well, it's just a date. We're just having dinner. You know daggone well what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so we're trying to meet the need in an illegitimate way. You understand? This, the problem is not the need. It's how we approach fulfilling that need. It becomes the process. And God has a better way. He has a better way. It starts and it ends with him. See, the problem is a lot of times our expectations of a situation are what causes the problem when it does not work out the way that we thought it should work out. It's our expectation of the problem. So if we can learn to take our expectations and set them down and replace those expectations with trust in God, regardless of what's happening, then that solves a lot of the frustrations. We get frustrated when we have unrealistic expectations that don't get met the way that we want them to. Yeah. And so it creates a lot of frustration for the enemy to work with. I remember when I was in uh, ministry training out in Texas, um, we'd have homeless people that would walk in all the time because we were right in the middle of downtown Dallas, Texas, and uh, homeless populations just through the roof over there, and we'd have walk-ins is what we would call them all the time, and they would let us, the interns, go do ministry with the homeless people when they would come in. And so uh, a guy came in, and they assigned me and uh, a buddy of mine named Isaac to take care of this guy, and we were going to just take him. To where he wanted to go and get him a bite to eat along the way, leaving with some some with some Jesus and going on merry way. That was supposed to be the plan. So we get in the car. I'm in the front seat driving. Buddy's in the front seat next to me. Isaac's in the back, you know, because we got to do this mafia style. So if he gets rowdy, Isaac can pop him from the back seat, you know. So we're ready. So I'm kidding. So 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 we pull out of the parking lot and uh, we're driving down, fixing to get on I-35 and head back into Dallas and to the other side of Dallas. And uh, he says, "Y'all don't forget, I need something to eat." So I said, no problem, man. We got you covered. So we whip into a Wendy's that's over in the area. And I said, "Look, we got you covered." Order what you want, get you some food, and then we'll take you on the way. And he says, okay, cool. So he's like, I need a double stack, and I need a, a Baconator, and I need, and then he said, I need a number five. And I'm like, whoa, this is starting to get a little, 
a little bit of something here. You know what I'm saying? They ordered like three or four things, and, and, then, and then he said, I need to get that. Like, he's telling me what to order, and then eventually it switches over to him just talking to the speaker and telling them, I need some chicken nuggets, and I can't get a, a baked potato. And I'm like, okay, man, there's a few more things, and that's going to be it. And, and then he's like, and can I need to, to biggie size that? And I was like, what is going on in here for a second? And then I watched my boy Isaac in the back start to get tense, and then he goes, can I get a large Frosty? And then Isaac said, you don't need a Frosty. You're good. You're good. Just cut him off completely. <laughs> I was like dying in the front seat, you know. So we get him that little bit of food, and then we take him where he needs to go. And then he's like, hey, man, can I have some more money? Can I have some of this? Can you take me over here? Can, can you take me and uh, get me a little more food? I don't know if this is I'm like, man, I, you didn't say grocery shopping. You said let's swing into Wendy's and get you, you know, some food. It's crazy um, because we were doing something to bless him, and then he just got just selfish and ungrateful and wanted more out of it than we were, than, I mean, it, it, was, it was past the point of being rude, you know, he was just being selfish, you know, this is, wonder at what point in our walk with God that we just get selfish and start asking for stuff that God doesn't intend for us to have. Now, I wonder at what, at what point in our walk with God that His grace and His mercy, the forgiveness of our sins and what Jesus did on the cross stopped being enough. Where we stopped being content with what He had already done. Like we forgot about the fires of hell that He redeemed us from. That we forgot about how busted up and broken we were inside. That we forgot about the relationships that He put back together. But we want to sit in the car and order over and over and over and over and over and over again and get an attitude when God finally just says, no frosties right now, okay? Let's just be grateful for what I've done. When do we lose that heart of gratefulness? That heart of worship just to give God thanksgiving for what he's already done and I found that when you're grateful for what he's done you don't get frustrated over the stuff that you might not get in life that you want because he's already given us more than enough if he never does one other thing if he never answers one more prayer if he doesn't move one more mountain he has already done enough for us to praise him with all that we are for the rest of the life that we have on this earth. Can anybody give God a shout of praise for what he's done in our lives? I'm telling you, you've got to be grateful for this stuff. So God loves us enough to give us what we want, not every, or give us what we need, not everything that we want. And I've also learned that when God's desire is different than our desire, we need to change our desire. Yeah. We need to change our desires. Those desires and plans that we cultivate <clears throat> outside of the Word of God. So, you look at people like Abraham, who God gave a promise to, God gave a plan to. And then Abraham, Abraham's need to see the promise fulfilled manifested in an illegitimate way because he wanted to accelerate the timeline and he wanted to get his wife Sarah to shut up 
basically. She was on him. Hey, I got a plan. We can do this. We don't have to wait. We've got a handmaiden over here. Y'all can get together and we can have, you can have kids that way since I'm not getting pregnant yet. And we just work instead of trusting the Lord, Abraham complicated so much of that situation because he wanted to meet the need in an illegitimate way. God's timeline wasn't enough for him. He had to take the reins and try to make things happen on his own. It's always better to trust God to give us what we need instead of trying to blaze our own trail because of something that we perceive that we want to fulfill that need. This is a problem that Jonah was having. This is a problem a lot of us have in life, to be honest with you, because when that expectation or our perceived need, which is really a want, isn't met, then frustration and aggravation and hurt comes in. And I've met way too many people that have pulled back from their walk with God because something happened that they didn't understand because they wanted a different outcome. They wanted a different situation. They wanted the, the relationship to work out a different way. And they didn't even take into consideration that maybe it wasn't God's will for the relationship to start in the first place. We like to blaze our own trail. The frustration comes in because we look to people to try to meet needs in us that only God can meet. We put too much pressure on our husbands. We took too much pressure on our wives. We look to them to emotionally, and, and there's, it's weird play there because they are there to meet those needs, but they are not the meter of those needs. God is the meter of the need. You understand? Um, and we can't get those things confused. Otherwise, you'll put unrealistic expectations on your spouse and find yourself manipulating them to get what you want instead of just having open communication and letting them be themselves. Or you'll, you'll find that you're pressuring her to be something that she was never intended to be because you need her to fulfill something in you that God only can fulfill, you know, and it creates friction in the relationships that he never intended to be there. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2 reads like this. It says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Anxious to do the will of God. And you look at the, the people of God in the Bible, you can't pick one of them that didn't face adversity. You can't pick one of them that probably that things didn't happen the way that they intended for them to happen. They all had curveballs thrown at them. The X factor is whether or not we are willing to submit to the will of God in moments when we would rather do something else. This is what Jonah is facing. Jonah wanted a certain outcome. Jonah wanted his way in the situation, and God did something that he didn't agree with. And I wonder if there's anybody in here right now that you're frustrated with God and you're asking those questions that we went over. Why is this happening this way? I didn't want it to work out like this. And I want, I want, I want, I want. We need to just get back to the simple reality of the fact that God is in control and we are not. And it's our job to trust him like a child would trust their father when they want cereal. But he says, no, we need to eat some vegetables for this. 
You understand? Not getting what you want doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means that He has a better plan. And sometimes we pray for God to remove things from our lives that we're walking through. And I'm not saying that God puts everything in your life, every obstacle, every storm. I'm not saying that. But if you pray about it and you ask God to remove it and He doesn't, then you've got to trust that He intends to use that situation for His greater glory and your good. See, the Bible still says that in all things He's working for the good of those that love Him and trust Him. That never goes away, regardless of what we see. So let me give you some takeaway things before we pray. Number one, God will always provide what you need. Every time, without fail, He'll provide what you need. It might not be what you want, but it's always going to be what you need. Even if you don't understand it, trusting. Number two, being grateful safeguards against frustration. When you're operating in life from a position of gratefulness, it's hard for the devil to frustrate you. Man, it's hard to get somebody upset when they're full of the joy of the Lord. It's hard to get somebody rocked when they're operating in the peace that comes from a relationship with God. It's hard to knock a building off of the foundation when it's built on the rock instead of on the sand. You see what I'm saying? So, so let me encourage you to operate in, in a mindset, in a spiritual position of gratefulness, and you'll find that you don't get frustrated as much when things don't go the way that you want them to. And the third thing is this, a strong relationship with God keeps you in His will and creates the trust needed for when you don't get what you want. See, our response to situations shows us where we are spiritually at that moment. And if we face a questionable time in our lives where we don't understand if we're coming into that season out of a strong relationship with him then that trust is there it's when that relationship sometimes is lacking that the frustration and the doubt start to work their way in so if you're close to him i'm telling you it's really hard for the devil to mess with you it really is so i'm wondering after having said all of that there's some of us here today that are facing a situation where it's not that maybe you're not getting what you want. Maybe things aren't working out the way that you want. And I'm not, I'm not saying that having questions for God in moments like that is a bad thing. I got a real open relationship with God. But at the end of the day, after all the questions, after all the petitions, you have to land at a, a place of peace. You know, when you're tithing and you're giving and you're obedient and then you hit the loss financially and you can't figure out what, you understand what I'm saying? When real world stuff starts to hit, you have to land on a place of trust. And I want to remind you today that even in the middle of things working out, like maybe you may not have wanted them to, and maybe you've got question marks now, well, what, 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 is God even real? Does he even hear me? I've been praying about this, and then here's this situation, and this is not what I wanted, but it might be exactly what you need. That's his call and not ours. You understand? It's his call and not ours. Let's all stand this morning. As we're all standing, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Are you in a season 
where you just need to trust God. Where you just need to trust God. And I'm not saying you're, you're in a season where you're sinning or, or maybe you're not even blazing your own trail right now. You might be and you need to come back to center with your walk with God and fix that. But maybe you're just going through the stretch right now and the questions are legitimate questions as you're settling this issue. Why, why is this happening? Why isn't this working out differently? What, this isn't the outcome that I wanted, Lord, and you're in a moment where you are needing to trust Him on a different level. Well, that's why we're here today. To surrender that to Him and allow that trust to take place. Head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're in here today, you say, Pastor Josh, that is me. That is me. I've been, I've been trying to blaze my trail through what I want, and it's frustrating instead of trusting God with what I need. Or you're in a season where you are, you're trying to trust God, but you just need Him to do something in you to steady that trust so you can stay perfectly in His will. You're just processing through it, and you need Him to give you the guidance, to give you the word, to give you the direction, to let you know exactly what you need and how to delineate between the two. If that's you today, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and I want you to look at me. We're going to pray over this today. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours. 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 Praise God. He's doing something in this place. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet, you know you need to. Lift your eyes up and look at me. I want to pray over you this morning. Complete trust, complete surrender in Him. I see you right there. That's awesome. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people. Lord, I thank you for those that have lifted their eyes up. Lord, you sent me here today with this word for them. Holy Spirit, you're the comforter. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. I pray that you come alongside each and every one of these people, that you lead and that you guide, that you navigate them through this process of life that they're in. Lord, that they get back on track if they need to with your will, instead of trying to find illegitimate ways to meet legitimate needs. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we look to you first that we listen to you, that we do what you say, not what we want in the situations of life, because you're in control. Father, we trust you. We trust you. Everybody in this place, say that after me. Say, God, I trust you. Lord, we trust you with every area of our lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you strengthen and you encourage. Father, that you give us what we need to navigate the storms of life. You didn't just tell us there'd be storms and tell us that you overcame those storms so we could be happy about that. Lord, you said in your word that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Lord, you said we're the head and not the tail, that we're above only and not beneath. You called us heirs and co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Lord, let us, let us act accordingly. 
God, we come against the lies of the enemy and the frustrations that may be in the hearts of people in here, causing us to question who you are, Lord, and how capable you are of working out issues in our lives. Father, I pray that all of that dies in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we put our thoughts and our hearts on the truth of your word. You're still the God that has not failed, not one time. You always keep your word. Father, we trust you completely. We trust you wholeheartedly. Father, we just surrender everything to you because you are in control. Father, if our hearts have drifted far from you and we need to put a check on our relationship with you, it's my prayer that everyone that needs to would repent of their sin. Father, that they would move back into the place of relationship that they need to be in. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for moving powerfully in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's just lift up our hands and continue to worship him because he's worthy. Amen. Let's continue to give him praise. Let's show God how grateful we are for who he is and for what he's done. We're going to worship the Lord for just a little bit. Now, we're not done with service yet, so don't jet out unless you absolutely need to. Hang out with us. Hang out with us. But we're going to spend a few moments just worshiping the God who is more than worthy. Amen. 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 All right, let's give him some praise this morning. 